0: Shabbat Shalom. I'm really nervous, so grace and bear with me. Love you you guys, too. Well, I have the privilege of talking to you about something that I'm personally very passionate about, and I know many of you are very passionate about this, too, and it's about tithing, its faith aspect, and how it's like stone soup in community. Back in November, I was reading the Torah portion for that particular week, and I got a sense that the Lord was giving me, personally, a revelation about giving. I believe I've always had a self-mindset in giving, you know, doing my own part. I don't recall considering the unity in tithing until last February, you know, the building up of one another through giving, or the corporate blessing that would flow to us as a body, um, unified in this act of worship. However, as I read the following verses, they seem to shed some light on the topic. It states in Malachi uh, chapter 1 verse 13b through 14, when you bring injured, crippled, or diseased animals and offer them as sacrifices, should I accept them from your hands, says the Lord? Cursed is the cheat who has an acceptable male in his flock and vows to give it but then sacrifices a blemished animal to the Lord. For I am a great king, says the Lord Almighty, and my name is to be feared among the nations. What changed in my mind was I saw our giving as no longer a currency, but as an animal sacrifice. And what I mean is that I saw the parallel. If we give less than what is required of us, we are giving an injured, crippled, or diseased animal as our offering to the Lord. But if we do give what is required of us, which to me personally is a minimum of ten percent of my gross income, then we are giving an acceptable mail from our flock. I began to see our offerings as an act of worship, not just each one of us worshiping alone with the giving of our tithes, but all of us putting our offerings on the table together with unity. It became a community act of worship. I began to feel what I believe was the Lord's heart for community giving. Yes, the Lord Almighty is to be feared and honored and is deserving of our choices animals, period. But he offers us this promise. In Malachi 2, 8 through 12, it says, Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, How do we rob you? In tithes and offerings, you are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me. In this says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. I noticed that in this verse he said, bring the whole tithe into, this, into the storehouse. And I thought about that a little bit. And it dawned on me that he was putting a responsibility on each individual person to do their own part. And in doing so, this creates the whole tithe or the completeness of the tithe. So I would like to suggest to you that I, li- I think it literally takes all of us in unity to activate this level of outpouring of his blessing. He said, then see if I will not throw open... the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. Wow. I believe him. (laughs) And at this point, I began to get very excited with the Lord and what he's going to do in our community as we increase our faith and our act of worship to a greater level through giving. Can you imagine what the Lord will do corporately in our midst if we allow him to bless us because of our obedience in this? as I continued to press into what the Lord was sharing with me I was led to Haggai chapter 1 which is titled a call to build the house of the Lord in verse 3 through 10 it says then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai is it time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin now this is what the Lord Almighty says give careful thought to your ways you have planted much but you have harvested little you eat but never have enough, you drink but never have your fill, you put on clothes but are not warm, you earn wages only to to put them in a purse with holes in it, this is what the Lord Almighty says, give careful thought to your ways, go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build the house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord, you expected much but see it turned out to be little, what you brought home I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with his own house? Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew, and the earth its crops. I called for a drought on the fields and the mountains, on the grain, the new wine, the oil, and whatever the ground produces on men and cattle, and on the labor of your hands. And after reading this passage, I felt like the Lord was showing me that we should not neglect the house of the Lord, that our community is the house of the Lord, and that through our act of unified worship, through giving of our choicest animals together, we would be building the house of the Lord in an acceptable and pleasing way, which in turn would trigger an even greater overflow and opening of the floodgates of heaven upon us. So my desire, which I believe is the Lord's desire for us as well, is that we would all, I mean all of us, in unity would act in obedience and greater faith than ever before and get our tithes and offerings up to the minimum required um, requirement. As stated in Exodus twenty-two twenty-nine. do not hold back offerings from your granaries and your vats. And if you feel you are already at that requirement, then I invite you to simply ask him if you are where he wants you or if he wants you to increase in faith. And to encourage you, I'll share a part of my own personal experience in this. Last year at this time, um, I felt the nudge from the Lord to increase my own personal tithe 1% of my income. This came after Rich mentioned to the congregation that our giving was below average for that time of year. I don't know if any of you remember that, but that just stood out to me. I thought, what if everyone just gave an additional 1%? Just a couple months after increasing my giving faithfully, I was handed a check by someone who I never would have dreamed would have handed me a check, and it was for $1,000. And this person said, Holy Spirit told me to give this to you. This person had no idea about my personal tithing journey, but the Holy Spirit did. That was God opening up the floodgates for me personally. Here's my disclaimer. I I was not asked by anyone no leadership, no one, to talk on giving or tithing today. But I was prompted by the Lord alone to share what I feel his heart, uh, what his heart is for us on this topic. I don't want anyone walking away from service today thinking that someone had an agenda to raise money for this church or a building that was, that was not intended to be about something superficial or a building. But instead, this is about calling us together in unity. And it's about walking in a greater faith and obedience and a willingness to be stretched and in turn, watch how the Lord blesses us while he gets all the glory. Lastly, I want to leave you with the story of Stone Soup. And if you're interested, you can find the story at TurnBackToGod.com. Many years ago, three soldiers, hungry and weary of, of battle, came upon a small village, the villagers, suffering a meager harvest, and the many years of war, quickly hid what little they had to eat and met the three at the village square, wringing their hands and bemoaning the lack of anything to eat. The, soldier, the soldiers spoke quietly among themselves, and the first soldier turned, uh, then turned to the village elders, "'Your tired fields have left you nothing to share, so we will share what little we have, the secret of how to make soup from stones.'" Naturally the villagers were intrigued and soon a fire was put to the town's greatest kettle as the soldiers dropped in three smooth stones. "Now this will be a fi- uh, this will be a fine soup," said the second soldier, "but a pinch of salt and some parsley would make it wonderful." Up jumped a villager crying, "What luck! I've just remembered where some has been left." And off she ran, returning with an apron full of parsley, parsley and a turnip as the kettle boiled on the memory of the village improved soon barley carrots beef and cream had found their way into the great pot and a cask of wine was rolled into the square as all sat down to feast they ate and danced and sang well into the night refreshed by the feast and their newfound friends in the morning the three soldiers awoke to find the entire village standing before them at their feet lay a satchel of the village's best breads and cheese You have given us the greatest gifts, the secrets of how to make soup from stones, said said one of the elders, and we shall never forget. The third soldier turned to the crowd and said, there is no secret, but this is certain. It is only by sharing that we may make a feast. And off the soldiers wandered down the road. My hope in sharing this story is that each of us will remember that that when we come together and share what the Lord has given us. We will all be sitting together at a grand feast hosted by the, God, by the Almighty God, whose name is to be feared, but yet he blesses us for our act of worship. Will you join me at the feast?